This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 650. Make sure that you are subscribed to listen to us wherever you may be subscribing to podcasts such as Spotify. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at MarkingOut11. Give us a like on Facebook. Give us a follow on TikTok at MarkingOut. Give us also a follow on Twitter at MarkingOut. And on Threads, MarkingOut11. On YouTube. Email us and anywhere else we may be, go find us because we want you to, because we love you and we appreciate you. But I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. Make sure that you're following me at David PTDPT. Also follow Brandon at BTTG161 and Chris. Go follow him at Chris Sweendog over on Twitter and CM Sweeney85 over on Instagram. But that being said, let the games begin. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. Tell me about your week. Well, last week didn't do SmackDown because I somehow found myself in New York City on a Friday night at a pop-up event for Cassidy Pope. First of all, got to say very that cool. uh, it was very weird being on the Long Island Railroad again after almost two years. Mm-hmm. But Cassidy Pope did a Q&A and she performed an acoustic set and then did a meet and greet on Friday night. It was all free. Mm-hmm. And she was by far one of the nicest celebrities that I've ever met. That's cool. And even though you'll probably never find me at a bar on a Friday night in New York City by myself, there I was. At a bar on a Friday night in New York City, and it was it was awesome. That's and great. Really, what was I, the bar? It was the Ainsworth Midtown. That's awesome. The well, that's staff good. was super awesome, and I really, mm-hmm. I truly can't thank Cassidy Pope enough. Yeah, it seemed like she was really, uh, really awesome. What was a big thing that? What was your favorite moment of that evening? Uh, I guess meeting her. That's really cool that you got to meet her, and when you got to meet her, was it like? rushed or no, no you she, actually no she took the time literally took the time for it with everybody that's really cool seems to be more and more rare that that actually takes place and how was the music it was good i enjoyed it i'm yeah, a big fan very cool nice and then uh i grilled some steak and onions on saturday which i have not been getting the results that i've wanted to from these steaks that i've been marinating oh no I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, it's not terrible, but I think I'll eventually figure it out. I've been, like, off for this summer for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I marinated chicken as well, and that came out really good. So I think my ass steaks canceled out my my chicken. Mm-hmm. But that's really about it. How about yourself? Uh, Not too much this weekend. I had a long class, but weekend was good, though. But let's get on to it. And let's talk about some sports entertainment. Pro wrestling. Here is some SmackDown. <laughs> 
Yeah, so SmackDown, SmackDown quick results from last week. We had pretty deadly pick up the victory over the Brawling Brutes. And Elton Prince unfortunately separated his shoulder in this match. And people immediately started blaming Ridge Holland for it, which I just think is uh, such a gross thing to do. Mm-hmm. And he even like went to Twitter to to be like, knock it off, basically. So I think that's goofy. Uh, yeah. Bailey picked up the victory over Zelina Vega. We saw EO get involved and Bailey capitalized on that, which, uh, I thought was pretty cool in the match. Uh, Zelina Vega, they were in North Carolina. She paid tribute to the Hardy boys and hit a twist of fate. That's a nice, I mean, if you're going to pay tribute to them, no better place, right? Right. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart had a, a video promo after that match where she, Cut this like dark promo about being scared and in control, and then she ended up shaving her head bald. But I thought it was a very, very well done promo. Yeah, I was really taken back by her by shaving her head. I mean, talking about the control of the entire damage control, and Shotzi's in control, but I don't know how much control does she really have of herself. You know, off screen wise, though, her sister's unfortunately going through treatment for cancer. So uh, I believe um, Shotzi did this in support for her. So gotcha. Gotcha. So she wanted to do it to show support, but played it into the storyline, too. Right. I I gotcha. That's that's pretty cool that uh, she was able to do that. And that's pretty cool that I'm sure she had to run it by WWE as well, because we know how strict WWE is usually with physical appearances i mean look like rusev right right so i'm sure she had to get clearance from someone back someone uh in creative so it's cool that uh she was able to do that we had a jay uso segment where the people were wanting him which i didn't get because he's like supposed to be like the super over face i guess but Mm -hmm. he was basically he was just saying that he respects the bloodline but he doesn't respect roman reigns and then he claimed to be the tribal chief. Paul Heyman brought Solo Sokoa out. And Paul told Jay that when him and Ru- uh, Roman come face to face on on SmackDown, like you're going to get in trouble, basically. And Paul said that everything that happened to Jimmy Uso was Jay's fault. Solo and Jay ended up coming to blows. And Paul eventually got hit with the super kick. I thought that was a, a very well done segment as well. Yeah. We saw Santos Escobar pick up the victory over AJ Styles, Butch, and Grayson Waller in the United States Championship Invitational. I thought they had a uh, really cool sunset flip suplex Tower of Doom spot in this match, but I'm glad that Santos won this, and he only really won because AJ Styles was distracted by Karrion Cross, who took the OC out backstage. We saw Grayson yeah, I mean, Waller. Waller hit that finish on Butch, and uh, he was tired, so he got hit with the splash from Santos, and Santos won from that. Yeah, big thing perhaps from SmackDown last week. We saw the Street Profits waiting in the parking lot, and uh, up pulls a limousine, and it turned out to be Bobby Lashley who wanted to speak to them, and they went inside the limo to speak, and we'll find out, I'm sure, this week. We're in the uh, the past and the future right now, folks. <laughs> we are in limbo. And then the main event of SmackDown saw Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Asuka via disqualification, so Asuka retains the championship. But Bianca Belair opened up SmackDown 
to put over the main event. She was interrupted by Charlotte, who basically said that she thinks Bianca Belair was going to be walking out SmackDown as champion, and she's next in line for a championship shot. I thought that was a very awkward ending to that opening segment, but we saw Charlotte Flair leaving, and during the main event, she hopped the barricade at the same time that Damage Control showed up. And, and Charlotte ended up spearing Bianca Belair to cause that disqualification. And EO tried to cash in, but Asuka, uh, she popped up and misted Bailey in the eyes. And that ended SmackDown. I thought it was a, a good end to SmackDown for that, like, missed segment. The whole Charlotte Flair being involved thing, bit goofy. Yeah, I mean, and unfortunately, I think it was over the weekend, right? I think over the weekend at a house show. Oh, yeah, Bailey. Yeah, uh, it seemed like it may have been a triple threat, Asuka, Charlotte, and um, Bailey, where the three of them were in the ring, but it looked like Asuka went to roll underneath um, Bailey, or something happened where Bailey was trying was going to get over Asuka, who was on the ground, and Bailey, something happened with her knee. The referee had to throw up the X, and um, she had to be helped to the back. I haven't seen any update on this though, have you? Actually, she did tweet saying she'll be okay, I believe. All right, that's good. That's good. Good news. But let's get on to it. How about some Monday Night Raw? Monday Night Nitro. Opening with Cody Rhodes getting a huge pop from Atlanta, Georgia, his hometown. And he called out Brock Lesnar who did not show up at that specific moment. So Cody then spoke about his mom who was there and he brought up how uh, he brought up hard times and said that it won't be for him. It'll be for Brock come SummerSlam. And Cody went to leave Brock Lester's music hits. It turns off, comes back on still nothing. So he went to go to the back and a chair gets thrown out of the, the entryway and Brock Lesnar Beats the absolute crap out of Cody Rhodes. He f 5 Cody in front of his mom. He locked him in the Kimura lock. Accepted the match for SummerSlam. And then I believe ended this segment with Cody's arm locked in the Kimura again. Yeah, I I like this spot. I like that it was done right in front of his family too. Um, I'm no enjoying Stephen this. Amell. No Stephen Amell. I'm enjoying this though. Yeah. I'm enjoying this feud between them. And I think SummerSlam is going to be really entertaining. I know, but next up you had Gunter pickle the victory over Matt Riddle. Um, I'm not surprised by this, you know, Gunter being the the champ right now, and Matt Riddle seems to be facing out at times, or at least in my opinion. But he still lasted um, a lot longer than I thought he was going to. But it makes sense because he's been pretty built up as of late, and I thought the yeah. match itself was a very hard hitting match. Those chops were. I mean, they're always insane from Guter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he cut a promo afterwards and basically said that Drew McIntyre is also going to fall victim. Mm-hmm. We saw Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez interviewed, and they spoke about Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville not playing by the rules. And Rhea Ripley showed up. She brawled with Raquel and took out her knee. That leads right into the Judgment Day, walking down to the ring. Rhea Ripley, she went right into talking. And she didn't even, like, acknowledge what she did to Raquel. 
but she yeah, was nothing. saying how strong the Judgment Day are, and she hyped up Dominic for NXT. They addressed Seth Rollins in the championship. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens ended up coming out to poll the audience, I guess, to set up a match. And Damian Priest made Sami Zayn put the titles on the line, and then Kevin Owens didn't look too pleased with any of that, but he eventually yelled to accept the match, which I think is a mm-hmm. good bit that they've been doing with Kevin Owens, where he's like trying to hold in his anger, but then eventually like snaps and lets loose. Yeah, it just lets go of it. Yeah, so no, it's very entertaining. Up- yeah, so that sets up the main event, but the match right after that, we saw Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville pick up the victory over Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan to become the brand new women's tag team champions. The doctor advised against it, and Raquel said yes. Yeah, so. Raquel said yes, and you know, it didn't work in her favor because we got new champions, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, and... I thought that this match was really fun to watch. Um, the dumbest and then thing, I like by the, the way, fact... from this segment was that mm-hmm. both teams make their way out and they cut to commercial. And it's like, how do you do that? But they yeah. come back. I'm so happy. I when it, when they cut to the commercial and both teams were out there, I thought 100% it was coming back. The the match was going on, but it was it didn't start. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. But Raquel, um, I agree with you. Raquel was selling that bad knee throughout this match, and Sonya was working on that knee. So I thought very well done. And like I said last week, on one hand, I really didn't want the champions to lose because they literally just won the championship. I think the titles changed hand three times in July. Yeah, it's it's changing hands a lot. I I don't understand why they did change hands to Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan, though. Well, I guess because they can't I mean, you could have... really have Chelsea and Sonya go over the horsewomen, maybe. But why? I mean, you could easily, especially if it's, a tur- so. if it's... If it's... If if Shayna Baszler attacks Ronda Rousey, why not? I don't think... She knocked her out. Yeah, I don't... I can't see that. Easily, but it's like, dude. that's she, what it like she, on one hand, it's like they were, it's like hot potato with those titles. But on the other hand, it's Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville are champions. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the story, I think that it's great that Green and Deville are champions. I liked the end a lot. I really did. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, entertaining. Uh, you had the, the, just the unprettier being taking place. You got the knee to the face. I thought overall it was a good way to end it. And, the two of them, as you noted a few weeks ago, they connected with Tough Enough. And now look at them. You know, I just uh, awesome. I hope this means like the actual start of meaningful championships. Mm-hmm. Again, because I think they could be a fantastic team to run with those titles. Yeah. We thought, I, I think agree it was at WrestleMania that we thought they might have won. Yeah. So... After this, Seth Rollins addressed SummerSlam and Finn Balor walked in because he wants the match. And Finn Balor, I thought a very well done promo from Finn Balor here. He ended up attacking Seth Rollins. So that pretty much sets up Seth Mm -hmm. Rollins versus Finn Balor again at SummerSlam. Very, very interesting. I have to say, though, I hate, hate that I said this last week or two weeks ago. 
it seems like the script is being reused. I said like two weeks ago, I forgot who it was, but it sounded like somebody replicated the same speech for a different storyline. Maybe with a ricochet, I think it was, and somebody else. This is the same thing. What does Finn Balor say? The line starts with me. Who said that last week or two weeks ago? Charlotte Flair. Same exact verbiage. No creativity behind it. I hate that we are reusing scripts that are within such a short period of time. I'm not a fan of that at all. I don't know if anybody else will (laughs) recognize Yeah, exactly. I don't know if anybody else will recognize that or notice it, but that frustrated the hell out of me because I think two weeks ago or three weeks ago, Cody Rhodes used some verbiage and then Ricochet used the same like one or two lines when he was talking about Logan Paul. And now we're having this where Charlotte Flair just said the same exact thing about the line starting with her, that she is the line, yada, yada. And now we have Finn Balor talking about how the line starts with him and how the line starts behind him and everything. We just heard the same thing. Not a fan. I'll have to try to remember that. Yeah, rant over. (laughs) After that, we saw the Viking Raiders pick up the victory over the Alpha Academy in a Viking Rules match. And uh, the last Viking Rules match, the only other one that took place was against Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. That was a dope match. And just like that match, I think this match very, very much so delivered. Titus O'Neil was randomly on commentary, but it's always cool to see Titus show up and do that. I I just thought this was a really good match. Otis did the, uh, the Get the Tables Dudley spot. I thought that was funny. Yeah, this this match was fun. I thought it was a fun match. I mean, it, I'm not a fan of Viking Raiders Viking Raiders being in comedy aspects, but well, this on the is other not comedy, what are you talking about? I don't know. With Alpha this Academy, is not comedy. I automatically put Alpha Academy in the uh, in the comedy aspect of wrestling, or at least WWE. But I was a fan of it. It was very this entertaining. Was not comedy. I know it's not. It's Chad not Cole Cabana. Was a comedy. machine in this match. Yeah, the so, double powerbomb was insane. Yeah, but Maxine and Valhalla ended up getting involved, and Maxine got the Letterman jacket back, but ended up getting speared through a table, which distracted Chad Gable, who was taken out. And Otis came in like an absolute beast to take on the Viking Raiders by himself. But mm-hmm. Valhalla eventually slapped Otis and the Raiders powerbombed him and got the win off of that. So the Viking Raiders are now 2-0 and in Viking Rules matches. And I'm almost certain when that Viking Rules match took place the last time, I thought it was going to spark that like dominant run that we've been waiting for with the Viking Raiders. Yeah. Yep, yep. But it kind of really didn't, so... It's good that we get that sometimes, mm-hmm. at least. So, very well done match. Uh, I th- Not I think. This was my favorite match from Monday Night Raw. Um, I may There's disagree no on that, but, I, but it was still a good match. There's, what do you mean? What other, what's your favorite match from Monday Night Raw? There's no I mean, way. I like unless, Green and Unless you put Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville. Yeah, I put I, I I like that, and I really like the ending of it. After that, we saw Shayna That's Baszler fun. pick up the victory over Nikki Cross, which was over, what was it, maybe a minute? Probably. 
I'm not even sure. That wasn't the main focus of this match. The main focus of this was Ronda Rousey showing up in a skybox to respond to Shayna Baszler. And Ronda Rousey called her a knockoff version of herself. And Shayna Baszler said in the wrestling ring, you're the knockoff, basically. I'm the better version of, uh, or what'd she say? I'm I'm, I'm a better Ronda Rousey than Ronda Rousey than or you. something when it comes to the yeah, wrestling yeah, yeah. ring. Yeah. So Ronda Rousey laid out a challenge for SummerSlam. It seems like we're going to get the horsewomen, two of them at least, facing off. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the challenge is there. It seems like it's definitely going to happen. You know, you had Baszler running, trying to run her down. And Shayna Baszler, I think, has to walk out of SummerSlam with that victory. I'm going to say yes. Shayna Baszler, I think, is going to pick up the victory. And, you know, I think that this could be the return of the Shayna Baszler that we also wanted to see after that Elimination Chamber, you know? But I don't see her really taking the title. Okay. So... As much as I would like to see that, I just don't see that right now. Mm -hmm. After that, we saw a Ricochet interviewed uh, interview where he was asked about the the viral moment comment from Logan Paul, and Ricochet said that even though Logan Paul thinks he's the joke in the wrestling world, which maybe it's a little bit similar to (laughs) the Ronda Rousey thing. In the wrestling See? world, but it's not a hunt, not really. No, that 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 I'll give credit. I'll give a little bit leeway to the other stuff is like verbatim. In the wrestling world, it's it's Logan Paul who the joke, who's the joke, and then he invited Logan Paul to show up next week on Monday Night Raw face to face. So we're a hundred percent getting that match at SummerSlam. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Next up, you had Miz. T V Becky Lynch was that the guest. Right. And also before he brought Becky Lynch out, he spoke about beating Tommaso Ciampa. He spoke about the celebrity golf gimmick that he was at this past weekend and took time from this segment where Becky Lynch was supposed to be the guest on Miss TV to trash Pat McAfee. So I'm wondering if perhaps we'll see Miz versus Pat McAfee too at SummerSlam. Um, we didn't really get a full match out of them the last time. I mean, I think that they interacted with each other at the golf outing. Yeah, recently. and Miz, Miz in this, he he spoke trash about him for what reason? Yeah, that has to be a reason. So outside of that, Becky Lynch ended up. Uh, throwing the chairs and, and everything out of the ring and yelling at the Miz to bring Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark out since she knows how Miz TV works. And he's like, oh, what a surprise. I do have guests. And then they came out. <laughs> Becky basically just wants her rematch one-on-one against Trish Stratus. And Trish said that both her and Zoe Stark already beat Becky Lynch. So, no. But Becky Lynch got Trish Stratus to, like, snap. And accept the match, but she had conditions, and those conditions were that Becky Lynch has to beat Zoe Stark first, and then she has to get down on her knees and thank Trish after Zoe wins. And also needed Becky Lynch to tattoo that across her chest, which I thought the stipulations were going to be actual stipulations. 
Yeah, the stipulation's not really... It doesn't seem well, like Zoe Stark is going to beat Becky Lynch in that situation then. No, I agree with you. But they 100%. jumped her, and Becky Lynch came out on top. Yeah. So. Next up, you had Bronson Reed pick up the victory over Nakamura. Unfortunately, this was by DQ. Um, wait, Earlier no. Earlier in the night. Wait. We got a match. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they Reed. showed a bumper for the match, and for some reason, Bronson Reed had the word big in front of his name. I guess as a like, big Bronson Reed, like a nickname or something. He wasn't announced yeah. as that, but commentary eventually used it, and I don't... I get that he, like... I don't think he needs that nickname... No, but he does need to be having a finisher called the Thick Thick Boom. I know, like, Big Van Vader's a name. Big Red Machine is a name. I don't think we need just Big Bronson Reed. We can visually see that he's big. Yeah, it doesn't really add anything to the character. If it added something to the character, yeah, okay. But like you said, we see him. He's visibly a big... Four, so he doesn't really need the character anymore. Like in WWE, was was Big Show's name like Big Show? Maybe he started with just the show, right? I don't remember. (laughs) But uh, the match itself, I was enjoying it prior to the disqualification. But Nakamura was not happy with that DQ. No, I mean with the DQ, Champa getting himself involved in this, attacking Bronson Reed. And then Nakamura took really uh, offense to this, and he was upset, as he should be. And then he caught Champa with a kick right to the chest or face. And then he yelled later on. He was like, I'm tired of of everyone getting in my business. And he yelled at Byron when he asked him about Champa. And I think that's a very interesting, like, the most character development that we've seen with Nakamura in years. Yeah, so I definitely want to see forward. them. I don't know if we're going to see a heel Nakamura or a face Nakamura, but maybe it'll I don't be want like to see a strong, heel. That super strong Nakamura. Exactly, that strong style. Seen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to see a heel Nakamura because I when they changed it to a heel Nakamura, they got rid of his theme song. I don't think that right. I, I don't want to see him separate from the theme song right now because I want to see the support built up for him. But I feel like if you keep his theme song, you could just have, like you mentioned, that NXT strong style Nakamura, or at least even the New Japan Pro Wrestling strong style Nakamura that we really haven't gotten a glimpse of. Well, we got gotten glimpses, but we haven't really seen full-fledged yet. That would be nice. So either way, I think it seems like we're going to get a triple threat. Yeah. I think we're going to definitely, yeah, SummerSlam Nakamura, Bronson Reed, and Champa. Right. But main event of the evening, you had Kevin Owens and Summer Zayn picking up the victory over the Judgment Day, uh, Judgment Day to retain their tag team championships. Seth Rollins returning the, what would you say, not favor, <laughs> given a receipt perhaps, to yeah. Finn Balor before the match uh, showed up and attacked him out of nowhere. And they brawled to the back. Yeah, took so, him like right that. out of the match. 
as far as the match goes, I think they did a very good job at making it look like the Judgment Day could walk out as tag team champions. As champs. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I did not really think that they would be, but they definitely set it up to make it look as good as possible in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley was going through all of it. Seeing them almost win, seeing them almost lose, I thought her reactions were really well done in this match. Yeah, I think that I think Rhea Ripley has been an MVP with Judgment Day. You know, I think that she really has been an MVP, as we'll talk about later on in this episode. I think she she's sent awesome. Kevin Owens into the ring steps behind the referee's back. She got up on the apron to argue with the referee, and in the main event, Liv Morgan running down. To take Rhea Ripley out, and I thought that was a huge spot for Liv Morgan. Yeah. So definitely did not all, expect that. Yeah, and I enjoyed the outcome of this match. I enjoyed this match as a whole. Agreed. But let's move on to some NXT. It opened up with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, who were interrupted by Ilya Dragunov. And he basically said that he didn't mean to put himself into Carmelo's business last week, but he wants to face Carmelo Hayes as champion. He didn't want the possibility of Damian Priest easily cashing in on him last week. So he had to show up and do something. I think Ilya Dragunov looked like a bigger star in this segment than we've ever seen him. I think he is the next big star from NXT right now. They had good back and forth to hype up their match at Great American Bash. And I, uh, I'm i pumped to see that match. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you. Next up, you had Nathan Fraser and Dragon what? Lee pick. Huh? Oh. What? Right. <laughs> I, I completely <laughs> forgot what you were saying. Yeah, they picked up the victory over Los Lotharios, and this match was very awesome. Back and forth. A lot of Lucha Libre action taking place during this one. It's been five months or so since we've seen Los Lotharios in tag team action. (laughs) And I think both teams started off very hot. And then put on a very well-done tag match. And I think mm-hmm. if they were given like 30 minutes or so for that, they could have done obviously so much more. But they did some really cool stuff. That double press slam that Los Lotharios did uh, from the middle rope to Dragon Lee, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. So I would definitely like to see like a longer version of that match. Um, I don't know. I feel like I should... Eh, you know what? Who am I kidding? I would... I would not mind that. Also, by cool. the way, to backtrack real quick, in regards to Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov, we saw Schism approach them later on. And Ilya Dragunov got involved and all all six of them brawled and that got turned into a six-man tag for next week. So I'm, I'm interested yeah. in seeing, do we see whether or not the Creeds show up? I mean, it's I don't know. said that they they already have, but we don't know that officially. In regards to Nathan Fraser and Dragon Lee versus Los Lotharios, I kind of was expecting Noam Dar after the match. But 
Okay. He didn't show up. Umberto and Angel Garza ended up arguing after the match. And Umberto ended up pushing Angel Garza down and left the crowd. Angel went after him. I'm going to be very, very disappointed if they're splitting up Los Lotharios. Yeah, we there's literally, no... it's been five I, I... months since we've gotten a tag match out of them, and then they're like, oh, let's maybe break them up. And they Bro. just they just came back, like, the other week. There's no point to that. Don't do that to me. No, I totally agree with you. After but that, we Next had, up, we you had, had a... Baron Corbin. Yep, and the yeah. person in the sweatshirt from last week's video segment ended up being him. Like Boy Meets World when Sean was the killer. On the Halloween episode. <laughs> when uh, Sean blamed himself for Corey and Topanga breaking up, he realized that it was mm-hmm. it was him. I'm the killer. Yeah. So what this means in WWE with Baron Corbin, I don't know. Time will tell. You know. After that, we saw Kiana James pick up the victory over Gigi Dolan. We saw Kiana try to use her bag, but her and Gigi got into a tug of war over the bag. And then Gigi won that, tried to use the bag, but got into a tug of war with the referee over the bag. And Kiana James used that as a distraction to pick up the victory. And that's really much. That's really it. Not not much took place in this match. No, not not too much with that. But next up, you had Bronco Nima and Lucian Prince. Pick up the victory over Axum and Scripps. Um, this First was one. a solid showing. F- yeah. Axiom did not really want to be a tag team with Scripps. Yeah, this was kind of like forced within all this. And then what and, um, the hell did Scripps do? He ruined rips it. Out, rips out everybody's heart. He attacks Axiom. But I think that'll now give a reason to care about Bronco Nima and Lucian Price. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. The thing that, that I didn't like, I didn't like the finish where I I think it was uh, uh, Price um, went for like a Yakuza kick stomp. I'm not a fan of the stomps being overused. We have Seth Rollins doing a stomp. We have, um, who was the other guy with the stomp? Um, I can't think of with who the stomp from the knee. Um, who's the guy with uh, Tony D'Angelo? Oh, uh, Stax. Yeah, Stax. Stax. How he does it with the knee. You know, I don't think we need somebody else that does some sort of a stomp maneuver where it forces something across the head. I think that if he was going to do something, he's a tall guy. Yakuza kick is totally fine for a finisher. I think a Yakuza kick straight up is awesome you know but yeah i'm not a fan of that finish though and i guess i mean he has to become something else he can't be good he i can't have him being scripts yeah he has to be another name right now yeah but speaking of stacks we had tony d'angelo's homecoming where tony showed footage of him and stacks planning on how to get tony out of prison and pretending to have Stack stab him in the back, and then Gallus interrupted to yell at them, which led to a title match at Great American Bash. But I thought this was this was a funny segment because Gallus went to attack the D'Angelos, and they pulled out a bat 
and all all the D'Angelo's pulled out crowbars, and I thought that was a really funny like part to add in there. It was funny, but I'm also still confused because I thought Stax was trying to take over. No, that's what literally the segment was about, where they they set everything up to get to to get Tony out of prison. Yeah, that's true. After that, we saw Thea Hale pick up the victory over Electra Lopez, which was over pretty quickly. I was not expecting it to be over so fast. Uh, Thea Hale won with the Kimura Lock, which I liked how she got into that submission. I thought that was a nice like transition yes. into it. Yeah, but very smooth uh, transition. The main part of this was that Thea Hale challenged Tiffany Stratton again for the Women's Championship, and Tiffany Stratton accepted but wanted, uh, but Thea Hale, I think it was, wanted a submission match. And I mm-hmm. guess she just pestered Tiffany so much that Tiffany accepted. I, I would really like for her to make history here. I agree with you. I think that I think that they're building up for that. No? I hope so. I think so. After that, we had a so. Gable Steveson vignette where he's going to be showing up on NXT next week to make his decision. Will he be going to the Olympics? Will he be doing this, that? Who knows? Time will tell. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Eddie Thorpe interviewed and Metaphor interrupted him, which... They informed him that due to the condition of Noam Dar, Supernova Sessions was canceled again. And Mm. Noam Dar was very much so like Linda McMahon around WrestleMania 17 in that catatonic state. And Oro Mensa stepped up in place of Eddie Thor, uh, in place of Noam Dar, and went on to pick up a victory over Eddie Thorpe. And... Dar, I think, played that catatonic state very well. We saw no, Lash Legend roll him into the ring, and he's just laying there flat, not moving. <laughs> From behind, when the referee was distracted with that, Dijak showed up and attacked Eddie Thorpe based on those comments from last week with that the, the Performance Center guys were talking about based on the, the NXT Underground. Mm-hmm. Eddie Thorpe made it in right before the 10 count, and I thought he wasn't going to, but he he makes it in. Aro Mensa hits that huge spin kick to the corner and picks up the victory off of that. Yeah, There's a lot of solid end here. Obviously, it's leading to Eddie Thorpe and Dijak, but very well done from Noam Dar and Metaphor here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a. Uh, interesting video package from Dana Brooke and Kalani Jordan where I don't remember what the the first part she was like down about losing or whatever and Dana's like well let's do what nobody else can do and they went and did like gymnastics <laughs> I thought that was such a weird thing to like do you yeah the way they went about I get that. it but I just think it was like kind of weird but they spoke about yeah. Cora Jade in this video And Cora Jade ended up watching that and made fun of the video. And we have a kendo stick match next week between Dana Brooke and Cora Jade. So it's going to be entertaining. I hope that's going to be good. You know, (laughs) I don't know. 
I, like <laughs> a lot of people are trashing Dana Brooke, and I will a hundred percent go to bat for her. Yeah. So I do hope that match is entertaining. Yeah. And I'm happy that she's on TV being used. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. After that, we had Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport interviewed split screen because they can't be in the same room as each other. But earlier, we saw Booker T and Roxanne Perez get caught by Anonymous giving Roxanne Perez a a pep talk. And if I'm not mistaken, we were all under the impression that Blair Davenport was Anonymous. And it's continuing... And she, in the interview, says that she's not anonymous. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. But she re- basically reiterated what she said to Roxanne Perez last week about how the women's division is for women, not little children. Mm-hmm. But Roxanne Perez said that she has a rage inside her, even more so because of what Blair Davenport did. And she's going to unleash that in her home state of Texas at the Great American Bash. Mm-hmm. And Blair's like, I don't believe you, nor do I think you actually believe that yourself. So, yeah. I thought that was a well-done segment as well. Agreed. Earlier in the night, we saw Rhea Ripley give Lyra Valkyria a pep talk. A pep talk? Why does that sound weird to me? I don't know why. <laughs> she gave her a, a, a little pep talk about what happened with JC Jane the other week. So I think that's pretty cool that we're we're getting that continuation. She wants to see that fire from Lyra Valkyria. So I think that's cool from Rhea Ripley to, I guess, give her the rub there. But it mm-hmm. leads into the main event, basically, where Dominic Mysterio picks up the victory over Wesley to become the new North American champion. I mean, this was awesome. Unexpected. Yeah, I mean, this was awesome. This entire match was fire. Dominic tried to walk out with the title, and Wesley went and brought him back into the match. We saw Finn Balor Mm -hmm. and Damian Priest show up and get an insane reaction. Yeah. Wesley took Damian Priest out, but behind the referee's back, Rhea Ripley, like you said before, we'll get to it. Rhea Ripley clocked Wesley with the championship. And the crowd reaction, all Dominic did not hit another move after that. He just crawled on top and pinned Wesley to pick up that victory. And the crowd went nuts. Ballistic. I mean, there was so much taking place during this two-minute span, not even. I I don't recall the last time I heard a reaction like that in the Performance Center for NXT. Yeah, and just like that, we have a new North American champion. Incredible reign you know, for Wesley. I, he had so many mm-hmm. title defenses, so many good matches, and it was a very a, a decent length of time that he held that championship. But now here comes that question that we brought up last week. Does Dominic get to hold that North American championship? We, we brought up last week, it was dumb that Solo Sokoa couldn't keep that championship when he went yep. to to SmackDown or Raw. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? We were Is supposed gonna... to see Mustafa Ali versus Wesley at Great American Bash. 
Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a triple threat? Does Mustafa Ali get the championship at Great American Bash from Dominic? I mean, definitely just, I don't know. Maybe I that's need, why I we'll need get consistency. to see it. But maybe that's I why we'll get it. Consistency. Because, but that, that could be the reason. Great American Bash is literally like a week away. Mm-hmm. Give or take. Yeah. So it could be like, oh, I'm challenging you for the, the championship. They do that on Monday Night Raw or something, or they do it next week on NXT. And that's why Dominic's allowed to have that title. I don't know. I hope so. But it was it was very, very well done. There was that like one iffy spot, but I don't think it was as dangerous as people said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Dominic is the new North American champion. And that was NXT going to move over to SmackDown. Opened up with Rey Mysterio picking up the victory over Sheamus, Cameron Grimes, and LA Knight to advance to the finals in the United States Championship Invitational. LA Knight, super over. Cut a promo beforehand, fans loving it. But Austin Theory was ringside. We saw a lot of people ringside throughout the night. Wesley was there, Dragon Lee. They showed the Cavender twins, uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, who later on met with Bobby Lashley. Um, As far as this match goes, I don't think this was really that great of a fatal four-way. It wasn't a bad match, but I just... There were moments, like they did another Tower of Doom spot, which is something that I think I would have liked to have seen them not do because they did it last week as well. It was a different one, a nice one. They had like, it was like a German suplex, superplex power bomb with Sheamus coming out on top. I thought that was a cool move, but you did it in the last one. So I would have liked to have not had it in this one. I like the modified 619 that Ray did to LA Knight's abdomen, but Austin Theory temporarily stopped Ray Mysterio from winning the match and Santos Escobar made the save. And uh, eventually, Rey Mysterio went on to win that match. So he'll be facing Santos Escobar next week on SmackDown. Austin Theory was super pissed off about Escobar getting involved. Spoke to Adam Pearce about it, and he demanded a match against him. Adam Pearce was like, sure, I'll make the match for the title tonight. And Austin Theory's like, no, 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 no. No title involvement. Adam Pearce makes the match non-title. So I'll get to that in a bit. Later on, Dominic was was there. He was interviewed just to, I guess, show up and and show Rey Mysterio what a real champion looks like. And he spoke about how if Rey Mysterio wins the U.S. championship, he's just the champion of the United States. Dominic is the North American champion, champion of North America. And then Butch showed up to challenge Dominic for the championship, which he said no, and he was about to say that nobody's there from NXT to make that match official. And then Shawn Michaels showed up, which I thought was pretty cool, and he made the match. The The episode was in Orlando, by the way, so that's why everyone from NXT was showcased. And I think that's a pretty cool thing that there were a lot of NXT showcase showcase talents there. Uh, after that, Charlotte Flair picked up the victory over EO Sky, and Tiffany Stratton was ringside for this. Bailey was on commentary. Uh, Michael Cole spent a majority of this trying to get something out of Bailey about Shotzi, 
But Bailey wasn't having any any of that. I liked Charlotte at one point. She did like that cartwheel backflip gimmick. And then it was followed up by EO also doing that. They had that a bunch of times in the match where Charlotte would do a move and then EO would do it. But it seemed like Flair might have been adding some more of that style to her moveset. I, I think it's new. I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember seeing stuff like that. Uh, in regards to like the clothesline that she hit. But a video ended up playing of Shotzi and Bailey got freaked out. She ended up leaving. Charlotte was able to take a quick advantage of that for a quick second. But back and forth, there were moments that I thought maybe this would be the end. That would be the end. This would be the end. But it, in the actual end, it was the natural selection from Charlotte. And the match went a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Asuka, as soon as the match was over, attacked Charlotte. And even later on, Bailey backstage in the locker room, her gear ended up with her, or her bag, I should say, ended up with scissors stabbed through it. She was freaked out. She was convincing EO, let's go, we gotta go. After that, we saw Santos Escobar pick up the victory over Austin Theory. I thought it was a good match. That top rope Hurricane Rana that Escobar does, I think is nuts. And from that, he was able to hit that phantom driver and pick up the victory. So it should be interesting to see Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio and what happens with that match next week. In the main event, we saw Dominic pick up the victory over Butch to retain. And we saw Rhea Ripley give Dominic a chain at one point and distract the referee. Ridge Holland showed up to take the chain away before Dominic could use it. We saw Pretty Deadly show up. Elton Prince was in a wheelchair and then Kit ended up taking off leaving Prince by himself and then Prince was chased away from uh, ringside by by Ridge Holland Rhea Ripley attacked Butch and Dominic pretty much won off of that I like the referee made Dominic reposition Butch because Dominic was under the ropes so all in all I enjoyed that main event I think It was very cool that a championship from NXT main evented SmackDown. I don't know if we've ever seen that before. If we did, it would have been once. Maybe. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then to close SmackDown, you had Roman Reigns and Jey Uso's contract signing for SummerSlam. Jey basically saying that Roman is making him have to do this match because of what he did to Jimmy. Roman picked the contract up, he signed it, and then Jay ripped it up and said that they don't need a contract, it's in the blood. And he's invoking tribal combat, and Roman seemed worried. He asked if the elders knew about it, and he said it was their idea. And Roman Reigns reluctantly put the the lay around the championship, stood up, and shook Jay's hand. Solo was pissed off. He flipped the table, went for the Samoan spike, but Roman stopped it. Jay hits some, uh, Solo with the, the super kick to basically end the show. I guess we probably have to see the elders at SummerSlam. Whether it be Rikishi, whether it be Samu, Wild Samoans, I think, obviously have to be there. Maybe The Rock shows up. Maybe not. But that was SmackDown. Going to cut to a musical interlude right now. And I know it's super rare these days. 
but I am beyond honored that we're able to have this, and I'll let Cassidy Pope take it away. Hey, this is Cassidy Pope, and you're listening to Markin' Out. This is my single, People That I Love Leave. I don't want to say I love you, because people that I love leave, that's all that I've ever seen. As soon as I hold on, that's when it all goes wrong, because Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 650, and I want to say thank you so much to Cassidy Pope, again, for allowing us to play her song, People That I Love Leave. You can buy it, you can stream it everywhere, check it out right now. Chris is here. Chris, how you doing? Yeah, my bird's here too. You want to say hi, Ollie? Wrestling. No privacy around these parts. (laughs) That's what it is, man. (laughs) No, I guess my wife just got home, and she's a stage five clinger when it comes to my wife. Uh. So, um, you're probably waiting for her to come in, and he's gonna start going nuts and fly around. <laughs> and maybe he'll start saying, "You want to come over here, me, Brady?" No. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Hey, Chris, I'm here. I'm back. Uh, I missed last week uh, due to work commitments, which were actually pretty fun. Um, and that's all I've got to say about Is there that. Is ice cream involved? Uh, but I want to actually. I want to. <laughs> no, there was no ice cream involved, and I'm kind of bummed about that. Oh, man, I wish there was ice cream. Can I have some ice cream now? Jordan, can you get me some ice cream? ice cream social? No, he's not getting me any ice cream. He's too busy on his iPad. Um, but, yeah, I'm back. Uh, work 
work responsibilities kept me from last week, but also been very, very busy as well. But I, before I get to me and get to myself, I want to talk about music because since we just had a fantastic musical interlude, um, and this is going to segue into wrestling too. It's outstanding. I love this. <laughs> um, it's been a very big week for the world of heavy music because a lot of bands are coming, are dropping new songs and dropping um, new album drops and stuff like that. So like two bands that I listen to, uh, one band, Harm's Way, they just released a new song this week. They have an album coming out December tw- uh, September 29th, uh, which is going to be really awesome. And then uh, Code Orange, who has done stuff with the WWE. Um, uh, they're dropping a new album on September 29th as well. Um, and the funny thing about this is the guitar player from Harm's Way, Bo Luters, I think his name is, and I apologize, Bo, if I got that wrong, it does a podcast with Colin Young, who's in God's Hate with Brody King. So there's your <laughs> wrestling-related reference there. Uh, they do a, they, but but they do a metal like they do a metal and hardcore podcast about you know live uh, hardcore. It's called Hardlore Stories from Tour, and they talk about like life on the road and what it's like. And they had this week Jamie Morgan, who's the lead singer of Code Orange, and they went into like a half an hour talk about doing stuff in wrestling because Colin Young. Is in God's Hate with Brody King. That's Brody King's theme music. Uh, he also did Julia Hart's music. He's done other stuff. He did that Wardlow's music, you know, for the hot second when they changed right. it, when it was like really heavy, angry music. He did that too. And they were just talking about being a, a, a metal and hardcore musician and getting into like professional wrestling. And uh, apparently, uh, Jamie got the got the uh, secret from Triple H how he keeps his hair wet the uh, entire uh, entire match. You know, like Brandon, like you you put your your hair dries off, you put a bottle of water in it. Apparently, it's water, baby oil. You spray that in your hair and use some leave-in conditioner, and that's how it stays wet the entire thing. My mind was just blown watching this uh, podcast. Um, so it's yeah, big long diatribe about Chris uh, and heavy metal <laughs> hunting music. So uh, go check out that podcast. Heavy uh, metal and hair. Tour. I want to f- yeah, it's it's fantastic, and they talked about how like they recorded Bray Wyatt's music for free. Oh, wow. Like, they didn't get any money from the label. They didn't get... Apparently, they went completely rogue. They didn't even tell WWE. They were like, oh, yeah, hey, guess what? We did the song free for, for Bray. Use it. <laughs> Go ahead. Funny. You get our permission. It's really wild. I'm going to finish. There's another half an hour. And yet, somehow, that. they can't even put the, the kingdom by downstate on the goddamn jukebox menu. <laughs> what? Yeah, in 2K23. What jukebox And menu? you can't have... Oh. And you can't have... If you have an alternate Cody Rhodes attire... Guess who doesn't have theme song? I have no idea why that makes any sense, but downstate is like, brother, connect with us. We'll work on something that we want this song like to be played throughout the game and, and be used to its full potential. I don't know if it's because oh, no, of absolutely. Fight Forever or what. I have no idea what's what the deal is with that. The only way you're here in Kingdom is if you're watching Cody Rhodes's full entrance, and that's it. Yeah, so. and video... And- AEW has the video game rights to that song. Imagine. I, I have no idea. That's dude. That's a no huge idea. thing that came out this week that people theorized that that really nice Macho Man figure got canceled from WWE, and then the yes. next and day, what is it? Heels and faces, or no zombies? Yeah, zombie sailor uh, toy line. It's it's called Heels and Faces, but then it's 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 owned by Zombie Sailor Toys. The next day, they announced that actual attire in their their figure line. Come on, that's that's 
unfortunate, I guess. Well, I found it. I found it. There's a there's a bigger company that owns the rights to the Macho Man. It's not like Macho Man's estate. There's like a company that like. So I guess they sold that license to Zombie Sailor. But it's weird because Andre who, the Giant's in both. Yeah, but he has the same license. He has the same uh, license comp- management company. Right. So how is he in both and Macho Man's not? It'll come. It, 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 it's very, it it, dude. Come. It'll be very. Uh, not that I co- collect figures or whatever. Definitely going to be some like mark out moments later on, but I, it's just very, very unfortunate. Yeah, you guys. That you guys talk. So can I guess we have to cut me and you talking about it more than you and Dave cutting it because we're the ones that actually pay attention to this stuff. Can we like cut me in later to talk about the mark out moments? <laughs> I don't I know, know how how we just... cut that in, but. <laughs> we just after we after we do Chris's match of the week, we stop for two seconds, and then we say we now hey it's Chris and Brandon here, and let's talk about all these reveals because they're it was insane today. Yeah. Um. But okay, we'll save that for later then. But um. Yeah. Wow. What a di- what a mem uh diatribe we went on for the past uh seven minutes about stuff. I don't know how we got the action figures, but uh let's circle it back because we are talking about wrestling. Uh, and let's talk about Rampage from last week. The Canadian tour rolls on here, and this time it is at in Saskatoon, uh, Canada. You start off with uh, Keith Lee, now as a new tag team partner this week, and it's his uh, usual tag team partner, uh, Dustin Rhodes, as they successfully uh, defeat Cool Hand Ange and uh, Matt Menard. So I guess it's just putting the, this tag team back on the map here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continue After that, on. boom. <laughs> you had a QT Marshall segment. Oh, did we? I don't even remember that. Yeah, the, yeah. So then we don't have to talk Ty, about Ty, it. Ty, Valkyrie, Ty Valkyrie. Yeah, defeated Izzy McCoy in two moves. Queen and the yep. Outcast Perfect. came out Good. to set up Battle of the Belts. That's what this was Perfect. about. Perfect. So it, set, it sets up Taya in her hometown uh, against uh, for for a belt. Great. Perfect. He had Lance Archer defeating Tremperetta. Big story after this is uh, you know he wants to challenge Orange Cassidy for the international championship. Boom. Sets up Battle of the Belts. A, again, Great. it's unfortunate that Trent uh, continues to lose. Yeah, but Lance Archer, uh, I almost advanced Archer. He's been off AEW TV for like five months. He's been overseas with a few companies. I wish we like saw more footage of it. Yeah, for sure. But was it was it New Japan or was it, it was uh, a like few a companies? GT I think or... Rev Pro might have been one of them. Uh, not a hundred percent sure. They... I'm not uh, sure about that either. Um, not... Kanosuke Takeshka squash match done. Yeah, just hyping him up for blood and guts. Longer than Taya's match, but it was indeed a squash match. I think they said that uh, Mentalo was a, did they say childhood friend of Kenny Omega or something like that? Or just a friend okay. of Kenny so Omega? They, I, I like the... This episode of Rampage was mainly just squash matches. Yeah, I know. You know, it's a, you could kind of see now Rampage just extending storylines and squash matches. What you saw, you know, you had Renee Paquette after this backstage with the Dark Order. And, you know, they're talking about how there's going to be a Dark Order re- uh, resurrection. So, I'm about it. I hope I love that, the Dark Order. I think they're fantastic. That can tie right into the, the song that we played this week, People That I Love Weave. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it can tie into me playing Fight Forever and unlocking Brody Lee this they're, week. The, the Dark Order, they're tired of people leaving them. And it's, I mean, who left them? We had Angels. Hagman. We had Stu, kind of. Yeah, Stu, Stu kind of. Anna no, but now Jay? he's like the righteous. Anna J did leave, yeah. A lot of people. Hangman. Preston Vance. He left too. But but also the main part of this was that uh, 
they are the reasons why Hangman was even champion. Yeah, they're absolutely and right. in turn, what did Hangman do? He made the Dark Order weak. Ouch. Yeah. Main event saw Willow Nightingale pick up the victory over Athena to advance in the Owen Hart tournament. And I think a lot of people, for some reason, were surprised to see Willow win this. No, I I thought from the beginning, if it wasn't like Ruby or Britt, I thought it had to be Willow Nightingale because they have to do something with her. She's super over and you have to kind of highlight her somehow. And what better way to do it is, you know, put this, you know. Put the Owen Hart uh, Foundation like, uh, Cup or whatever, the by title. Athena is not even on AEW television right now, so I don't know why they would no, have assumed about- for her to like advance in that tournament. But and I don't remember if we chose who we thought was going to end up in the the finals of. I did. I said I think it was gonna. I think it was Willow's to to lose. I don't know if we said maybe. I feel like we might have said Ruby versus Willow. That would have been cool. So, and, and again, like outside cool. outside of Forbidden <laughs> Door, the last time Athena was used was literally eight months ago. So I don't know why anyone was surprised. Well, she's the ring of honor. She's, exactly. She's, she's on ROH. She's, she's yeah, the ring of honor. So it made no right sense. Now. But yeah, so. moving over to AE. We'll talk about our ring of honor a little w bit. W Collision. Yeah. Very random uh, setups. But AEW Collision kicked off with FTR picking up the victory over Bullet Club Gold in a two out of three falls match to retain... The AEW Tag Team Championships. This was an absolutely insane match. It was just shy of an hour long. Like two minutes shy of being an hour. It was even better than their match last week. I thought, again, the only negative, perhaps, thing I could say is that I wish I, I wish the referee had more control. But this was a fantastic match. Unbelievable. Um, tag. This is tag team wrestling at its finest. Um, you can say that this is definitely in the running for match of the year candidate. Um, and who else to put it on than the, one of the, the best tag? This shows, A, this shows how good of FTR is as a tag team. B, how good Jay White and how good Juice Robinson are as uh, not, not just a tag team, but also singles wrestlers as they are. You talked about when Jay White, and I, I was thinking about this while I was watching this match, when Jay White came in and they put him with Juice Robinson, and you're like, yeah, I don't know what's going on here with Bullet Club Gold. Doesn't, you know, it was literally Why boring. would they do that? It was boring. It was For you, it was boring. Now, it just shows you the value that uh, these two guys have within AEW and also an AEW collision, putting on a banger match like this with one of the best tag teams in the world. I, I didn't it. understand I it was them getting there the was title some... shot like literally the week after, but... They 100% outdid themselves. And they the, the chops and slaps that were done in this match by Dax and Jay White were, I think, maybe the best that I've ever seen in AEW. Wow, that's a bold because statement. Because when they do from, uh, chops and slaps in AEW, they don't look real to me. They do they do like that, that New Japan style that I'm like just tired of at this point. This was like very well done. Well, I, I want to I backtrack for a second because you said that you don't understand – why they would take it this week when they won the Eliminator last week. You could strike while the iron's, iron's hot. They they beat him last week. They might as well beat him again. You know? Yeah. So, But uh, Bullet a- Club Gold got the first fall. FTR got the second and final falls. And they tried to shake hands with the, the Bullet Club afterwards. And they left. I thought we were going to see Jay White some nice. On the, uh, on the mat. Yeah, I thought we were going to see some nice little ring of honor there. But no. They no, left. but that's good because now if you make Bullet Club Gold like your top 
baby, uh, your top um, heels on collision, you know, and you you could put the guns in there with them. You could put you know Juice and uh, Juice and Jay. You you got formidable opponents for them, which is I I like a lot. But we uh, know they're going to have very formidable opponents. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes on Dynamite. Um, next up, do we have to talk about? Powerhouse Hobbs in the locker room. Willow Nightingale no, picked up the victory over Ruby Soho to win the Owen Hart tournament. Uh, and uh, I like while that. Ruby Soho was probably the person who should have won the tournament last year instead of Britt Baker, I think Willow was beyond the right call for this. Yes, I, I, I agree as well. As I said two seconds ago, she's super over. And you want to, again, and, and as I said, a minute ago, with the Bullet Club Gold, strike while the iron's hot. And it was a good match. This is a great way to propel her. Yeah, it was great. And it wasn't the normal uh, Brandon uh, formula for a women's match. Where they Not the Brandon's formula. How dare you? That... <laughs> <laughs> All right. But wait, I, they, they did the, the they did like almost like an Eddie Guerrero spot in this match, which I liked. Where yes. uh, Ruby gave Willow the spray paint and... And the referee turns around like, how dare you, basically, to to Willow. Like, yeah. how dare you have it. Turns back around to get the paint out of the ring. And Ruby raked Willow's eyes and hit the riot kick, which is pretty much where I thought it was going to be over. But Willow yeah. kicked out of that and hit that powerbomb. And and then uh, Connell Parker came out and presented Willow the trophy. Connell Parker? Yeah, you know, instead of Tennessee Lee, instead of. <laughs> Colonel Parker, Tony Khan came out looking like Tennessee. Oh, no, I didn't get that at all. Connell Parker. Sorry. Sorry, first I, name. I, sorry I didn't get your IWC. What do you uh, mean IWC? That's what I, I came Khan. up with that. Connell Parker okay, so instead so of Colonel Parker. IWC. I think it was a fantastic name. No, absolutely not. Also, um, I, but Powerhouse it, Hobbs, by the way, you said, do we even have to talk about it? I think it's it was a funny segment because... QT yelled at Tony Schiavone in regards to what happened with him and, and Will Hobbs last week. And then Tony Schiavone followed him into the locker room to get like the scoop. And I thought that was really funny. Cause it's like, why would you do that? If you were just yelled at. Yeah. So yeah, true. So, uh, you had a squash match Kings of the black f- f- bleh, throne beating Randy Myers and Artemis Spencer. Yeah, it was a pretty quick match where Andrade came out during it and the referees held him back. They wouldn't let him go anywhere near the ring to get his mask back, uh, even though it seemed like Malachi Black was inviting him to come get it. But that didn't happen, and we'll see a match set up, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, well, it's like, it's leading to, what's it? It's leading to Andrade and two friends against the Kings of the Black Throne. Which is weird because I'm pretty sure this week's collision is the acclaimed and Billy Gunn for the titles. Yeah. So hey, maybe na- maybe now is where you are, uh, Andrade reveals his two friends live at the Rock after this match. Yeah. Also, yeah. Roosh is Roosh no longer right, Prudential Center. Roosh is no longer in AEW. What's the deal? I I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't sit on the internet all day looking uh, at people's contracts. I don't have with that. And neither do I. So uh, maybe he's injured. I don't know. Who knows? Main event saw Ricky Starks pick up the victory over CM Punk to win the Owen Hart tournament. I'm very Holly. glad that the other scenario played out of Ricky Starks winning instead of CM Punk. Yeah, so am I. Wasn't expecting I, the I, ending. I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I, yeah, him grabbing the ropes. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I hated that the referee well, saw we, that and questioned it, but like, 
I guess reassured CM Punk that it was a three count. So yeah, and it but looked hey, listen, it looked so like now, he was asking CM Punk like if that's what happened, which was weird. But then <laughs> Ricky Starks maybe seemingly turned heel. Yeah, and then, and then that's where Battle of the Begels begins, and Jushin Thunder Liger is just standing up there, and he pushes it. That was so goofy. No entrance, no no announcement, nothing. They flew Jushin <laughs> Thunder freaking Liger all the way from Japan to do that one-minute spot, not even on TV at that point. It was No, it was like kind of on TV. If your DVR um, cut, your DVR cut. It was it was really it was really hey but listen Liger's getting the payday he's getting he's getting put up you know I take it hey you want to fly me halfway across the world to come on TV for a minute and just get pushed perfect I'll take it oh you I feel like my hotel travel everything I feel like we thought it was going to be CM Punk turning heel there yeah or officially turning Liger, heel he wouldn't push but yeah but I like it it's again you're building young stars here in Willow Nightingale and Ricky Star like. You've had so many chances to pull the pull the trigger on Ricky Starks. Yes, he was the FTW champion for a, a nice amount of time, but like you know, the FTW title's not even recognized. But I mean, by AEW, um, so you know, this is a, a good thing for him, and it's a young talent. He kind of has the same abilities that Owen had. So I wish there was more. Like uh, they they did play videos of it on Dynamite, the victories, but I wish there was more of a follow up. Have to assume it's Collision this week, though. I would assume so. Yeah, absolutely. So, your first match on Battle of the Belts, Orange Cassidy def- uh, defeats the Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer. Do you think they should so, stop doing these? What, open challenges? No, no, no. <laughs> Battle of the Belts. Battle of... I think you should do it on a... Di- you can't do it... Like, But this is also the first time that they did it right after a collision. Yeah. And the transition over was very, very goofy. So like I know I understand that the ten o'clock hour they had to like start playing like the graphics and stuff like that, but it's the same. It's AEW for three hours. You could have stopped it like after Ricky Starks runs out. You know, at the end, Ricky Starks runs out, pushes Liger, and that could be like your last scene. You could have Liger standing there, like, "All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with Battle of Belts," and then start cueing the intro to Battle of Belts. That thing with Ricky Starks even was like the. I thought it was kind of goofy when Willow. One, the the confetti didn't even go into the ring for her. Yeah, whatever. But but yeah, with, but Ricky Starks, with Ricky Starks, with Ricky Starks, the streamers they ended up in the ring. But he was like, as soon as he won, he was out of that ring. Oh, of so course. there was like he, barely any time to even, uh, I guess, breathe it in to soak man. in the information that just took place. And then they quickly yeah, did that was, weird like, cut to Battle of the Belt, so that was that was very unfortunate. But Orange Cassidy picks up the win, uh, beating the refs count to ten, jumping back in. Orange Cassidy, I don't who's going to beat Orange Cassidy for this title. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, Acclaim comes out and says uh, they're going to challenge the House uh, House of Black for the uh, AEW Trios titles. So, so sets up uh, next week's collision. Cool. Uh, you had Tony Storm picking up the victory over Ty Valkyrie in her hometown, coming out dressed like Canada um, in the her red uh, jumpsuit, the yellow, uh, the white boots. Sorry, uh, but it was uh, an interference by Ruby Soho. Tony Storm gets the victory. Interference by Ruby Soho so, and a thunderstorm. Uh, oh yeah, and a thunderstorm. Yes, because uh, yeah, it interfered, ruined out everybody's TV. Internet was upset. 
Um, you had Tony Khan and, uh, and Dr. Martha Hart come out and congratulate uh, Ricky Starks and Will Nightingale. So cool. About it. Uh, and then your main event saw Luchasaurus defeating Sean Spears with the help of Christian Cage. So, um, well hard a bunch for, of match- Well hard fought victory by Christian Cage. Yes, another well fought victory by Christian Cage. Um, but you know what? Maybe next time they do a Battle of the Belts on a different day, but it seems like they're going to be Saturday night. Or maybe now they just get rid of the Battle of the Belts. I think they need to. Like a once a year type thing. And, and But like also too, it's like every champion routine, you have to have some sort of change here for people to like talk about. I hey, think Battle of the Belts, you see what happened? This was Battle of the Belts 7? Yes. I think, was it one title change in the history of the... Yeah, so they got to do, like, if you're going to make battle belts, you want to make it, like, mean something. You want it to, like, be, like, interesting. You don't want to be like, okay, the champions are defending their titles and they're all going to win. And for the most part, they're, like, B championships. Yeah, like, the A, like, but do you think MJF is going to defend the AEW championship? I'm saying, that's why, that's, this is when you get rid of the program. Yeah, so, because I think now they're in a good spot where they have a decent amount of TV to get a bunch of people uh, on. So, uh, cool, that was Battles Belts. Let's go to Dynamite. Because the Canadian tour is over. It was fun. Now, we've shipped up to Boston uh, at the TD Garden for AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts. And you started off the show hot with we have a new FTW champion as Jack Perry defeats Hook. It's not Jungle Boy Jack Perry because he took him out to a desert and killed him and buried him in his wrestling boots. And then he got in a limousine and came out to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. First of all, it was annoying right. that that uh, they played Tarzan Boy because we already had that segment where Jungle yeah. Boy killed the theme. Like they, it was officially done, and then they redid it just to like, oh, maybe they like, oh, we have this segment. We could do this is better. Let's let's kill it this way instead. And then I like and it, then though. Beethoven's Fifth. I don't think fits him at all, at all, at all, at all. I think it's just, it's and I I maybe I'm just partial because I just don't like. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Jack Perry, whatever you're going to call him, after his terrible remarks about creative pro students, how <laughs> dare he say anything about the best wrestling school in the United States. Shame! Um, but, I and, and Hook's now been defeated. His first defeat ever is against Jack days. Perry. Jack Perry. I feel like that's an undefeated streak first, for nothing. Yes. If it was somebody bigger, I would say, okay, that's fine. I'll deal with that. Jack Perry. <laughs> a few weeks That's ago. That's who you lost your first a match. A few weeks ago, I would have said that this match was a match that Jungle Boy needed to win. But after all that cat and mouse from him and, and Hook, I'm like, no, this is a match that Hook needs to win. Lost, Hook needed that win more. Yeah. Yeah. And if he lost, he's still a Weasley heel now. It's like, it doesn't matter if you win a match as a Weasley heel because, you know, you're doing Weasley peel tactics and stuff like that. I think that. the match. And, like, his promos and those vignettes and the backstage segments they've had recently just kind of showed that. I think the match seemed uninspired. They did that really, really bad referee spot that allowed Jungle Boy to use that title. But the match itself, like you mentioned before, it really doesn't make sense because the title. No offense to Taz at all, or anybody who holds that title in regards, like high regards, it doesn't make sense. The title's meaningless. Jungle Boy, well, the title Jungle is, Boy is in his promo on, the other week said that himself. I know, which it's it's silly that they're putting this title on him, but like now would be the time for them to be like, well, Jack Perry's like I said that this, you know, he could be like I said that this title means nothing to me. It's not even recognized by AW. Well, I called in some favor. 
well, he could throw it in the trash or like I heard, I was listening to something busted open this morning. They said, juggle boy, he could just drag it behind him. You know, I was like, this is nothing. What is this? What is this? This isn't even recognized by, and then like you could bring in Tony Khan, be like, you know what? He's like, juggle boy. He's like, I respect the lineage that the FTW titles had. Yeah, I recognize it. And uh, as official today, the FTW title is an official title here in AEW. In nine it's going to be official. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Perfect. I don't know what that's from. What? You don't remember that? That promo from Tony Khan a few months ago, a few years ago at this point, it seems? Nine-Nights, Kenny Omega, Nine-Nights. I think that's that's Tony Khan's most famous promo. He's had a bunch. Well, after that match, very, I think, unfortunate. A very, very random, meaningless match that made no sense. Britt Baker picked up the victory over Kayla Sparks in less than 30 seconds, maybe? Hey, Britt Baker, she's still here. Woohoo, awesome. That was like, an why, that was how did that even tie into, where was anyone else? I don't know. Maybe they're still stuck in Canada. I've heard a lot of people had a lot of terrible uh, travel woes. We had that segment with flying in and out of. We Canada. had the segment with Adam Cole and MJF at Kowloon, the very famous restaurant in in Massachusetts. The major wrestling figure podcast is having their next live show there at Kowloon. I think it's like the second time they've had one there. But a good friend of the show, Sal, is actually going, and I'm kind of jealous. But I'll be in Aruba, so. Uh, Rupert Calhouns. I kind of want to go to Calhouns <laughs> one day. I think this segment uh, maybe seemed a little bit too long. Something that uh, I can't, okay, it was fun though. Like a BTE segment, still fun. Hey, listen, people that watch BTE are the same people that watch AEW every single week. But they were interviewed later on, and MJF got matching trunks. Adam Cole's like, I got matching jackets for us, bro. And then Roddy showed up in the neck brace, like, Adam, Adam, where are you going? Like a little sad puppy chasing Adam Cole. And then Adam Cole's like, brother, I got another surprise for us. Which turns out, MJF comes out, does the the NWO gimmick. And it's MJF's theme song that plays. And he's like, wait a minute, what are you doing, guys? It's my my theme song. Remix theme song. Fantastic remix theme song. And uh, it was was a fun spot. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, And then it goes on to MJF and Adam Cole, as we expected, defeating Daniel Garcia and... Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Daniel and Sammy losing. So they'll be facing up. Yeah, I know. With Chris Jericho on commentary yeah. to kind of cheer on his uh, pupils. So this is fun. I mean, they had the dance spots. They had good wrestling. You know, it was. I, I've enjoyed the MJF Adam Cole uh, stuff since, uh, you know, since this was. If it makes sense, I feel like this match was almost fully inspired by Chikara. Okay, there's a lot of people backstage that are Chikar people. I wasn't really a a fan of this match, but the fans, you, I swear to God, you could have thought, you could have closed your eyes and and thought Hulk Hogan and and The Rock were going on at at WrestleMania 18 during this match when MJF did that suicide (laughs) dive spot to the outside. And then again, when they hit the double clothesline to win the match, this match wasn't for me, but... Sammy and Danny walked out on Chris Jericho after. I'm glad you put it like that. Well, instead of saying it was trash. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think the match itself I, I, is I, trash. If there if there's Brandon, a match Brandon, that I think is you, trash, you've, I'll call you've it. You've grown up. No. You've No, no. If there's a match that I think is trash, me. I would say that it was trash. This I don't think was trash. It just wasn't. The main me. event was trash. <laughs> um, I, I'm just kidding. I'm I don't kidding. want to say that. No, I don't think it was trash either. I thought that, well, but MJF, MJF got pissed uh, off at Adam Cole for holding the AEW championship. 
and FTR came face to face with them. So that match, I think people are going to go absolutely insane for. And I think that match is next. We all, we think we already think that there's no way they're coming out unscathed as a, as a tag team. Yeah. um, But, um, or they play out the same storyline that's in fight forever. When they win the tag team titles and you say, you know what? I've never liked you. And then he hit it with a title and they're like, Oh my God, the tag team champions. What happens? And then it's just not acknowledged for the rest of your time in Road to Relief that you're the tag team champion. It's true. That, that it happens, happens in 2K23 happened several too. times. I hate the, the, yeah, I know. the, for the last two games, I hated the story modes in 2K. I, you know what? I, I enjoy, well, you know, I don't play 2K, but Road to Elite was, is fun. I got everything. I think I got, I got to get some more mini games out of it. And I got to go on Twitch again and stream, uh, twitch.tv slash marking um, out. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Uh, what is, what's, yeah, maybe this week, I'll uh, I'll do that. After that uh, cool. tag match, we had a super super random six person interview. It was so, and it was it was just so much fun. It was hilarious. The main like, point was to say Chris Statlander has a match on was it Rampage? Yes, and against Marina Shafir. And Darby Allen's like, uh, I got a favor to ask of you, Orange Cassidy. Give Air Fox to. Give, give, listen, I was homeless. Listen, AR Fox put me in. Give AR Fox title shot. Which Nick Wayne? To me, I saw I saw the uh, the Royal Rampage match is going to be for the TNT title uh, shot. That apparently was last year too. But at all out. But but in that case, why is Darby Allen in this match? All he has to do is ask. He, it's a proven method. Just ask yeah, Cashy for a title shot. Even, remotely try to wrestle for it you, you have the match orange cassidy is the international championship. right international the royal TNT. rampage is for th- yes there we wait go. is the match for so, the tnt championship or is it international yes a tnt a tnt championship opportunity at all uh, out. yeah so again why would you even give a give a i'm hoping wrong give a heck about the tnt championship yeah who should no one gets a heck about the tnt <laughs> championship anymore <laughs> come on I don't want to see... Damn, Arn Anderson ruined Yeah, whatever. After that, we saw the Golden Elite pick up the victory over the Blackpool Combat Club, Pac, and Takeshita in a Blood and Guts match. I enjoyed this match. Uh, it wasn't my favorite Blood and Guts match, but for the story that the Elite, Golden Elite, and the Blackpool Combat Club have had for months on end, I think it was well done. Because this wasn't, there was no huge high spots in there. There was only one spot on top of the on top of the cell structure, whatever you want to call it. But this was more about the hatred for these two teams and the lengths that they went in that structure to destroy each other. We saw a nail board. This match kind of coincided with uh, Dark Side of the Ring. The, the, the episode what this was week Dark was Abdul of the, of the Butcher, and as soon as John Moxley gets into the ring, he starts forking everybody. He's got a fork. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, that's one thing that was just weird. We're like, just like, hey, you could go to beat up people. No, let me just take a fork and just start stabbing people. But the thing is, like, he stabbed Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega, like, wasn't bleeding. Like, he should have been bleeding profusely. Yeah, there was a spot where Mox but, was bleeding, and it like looked like it was like he was done bleeding already. And the camera cuts away, and then all of a sudden he's gushing blood, and I have no idea. More. Like, did we miss something? Was something done, or did he just go ahead and and? Gig himself again. I have no <laughs> Listen, idea. Or maybe just maybe just threw his face into the nail board. I thought it was really um, funny that Don Callis came out 
only came out during Takeshita's entrance for the match to go sit on commentary. Yeah. I thought that was good. Abushi was last. That, I think, was a, a rightful thing to do. You want to save the best for last. But I feel like Abushi was wasted here. I don't I think there was... I agree with you. I don't think any... I'm, like, I'm shocked. For the hype that happened and has been happening between Abushi, like, will they, won't they come to AEW? I know. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I think that... Listen, I don't I don't have the pencil here, brother, but I think that this was a wasted debut for Kota Ibushi. Yeah. Cuz like you could have had Kota Ibushi, you could have had Takeshka versus Ibushi. That would have been a big time money match that you could have done that could have been his debut match that he could have won. Um but like like did he, did his team win? Yes, but well the, 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 there was more of the story of that a, Don Callis is protecting Takeshka by getting him out that of the was, ring. I thought, I thought that pot. was a fantastic spot. Yes, I thought that was very well done. I thought that was very well done. And the pack that Pac just hates everybody, and he just left too because Claudio punched him in the face, <laughs> which you know we'll talk about it in a couple minutes, the, the third now main event for Death Before Dishonor. But I enjoyed this. You know, Like at first I was like, oh, was, you know, there's no high spots. There's no Sammy falling off the cage. There's nothing like that. But like sitting down and like, kind of like breathing it in was like, okay, that was a great match. I think it, it was went fun. on like I think, 20, 15 to 20 minutes more than it should have. I and I think we could have gotten a I, much longer and a match that made more sense for women on that episode of Dynamite. Yes, I, I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, because I feel like, I want to say like the nine at like 940, I'm like, this match is still going yeah. on. Oh my god! The the spot I liked like, though when uh, when Matt Jackson and Wheeler Yuta were fighting up on the the top, after Yuta was done, yes, you see all of a sudden Matt starts pouring <laughs> thumbtacks down, and I thought that was a pretty cool like a way to introduce the thumbtacks. Yeah, because you know thumbtacks are used so much, but it's just like hey, I've got a bag underneath the ring. Then all of a sudden Matt, I liked Wheeler Yuta's like yeah, I'm not getting up here anymore. I'm just going down through this. Forget the, this. And then you all of a sudden Matt Jackson, I know he's like I've got these thumbtacks. It's raining thumbtacks. <laughs> yeah, where do you get the thumbtacks so cool. from? Like, give us context. Where'd that? Where'd those come from, brother? Yeah. <laughs> come on, just disbelief for a little bit. The the double stomp that um, Pack did when he was swinging off the the roof of the cage, I thought that was, was pretty cool through the table. Through the table was very cool. But uh, so the end of the match, we saw three people choke Wheeler Yuta out with a chain. And I thought the referee stopped the match, but Mox apparently John Moxley stopped out. the match. I didn't know that because like, I saw people tweeting it, and I was like, when did I didn't see that at all. Apparently commentary yelled it out, and I couldn't hear commentary. Most nights of, of Dynamite, I can't hear commentary for some reason. I don't think – I don't think – I know we all know your feelings about Excalibur, but I don't think Excalibur had a great night last night. Um, <laughs> I just think he was kind of off, and he was. Um, my favorite thing, though, about the entire Blood and Guts match is about the promo for the American Red Cross and donating blood. Oh my blood god, dude! And he patted himself on the <laughs> back for it. I was like, oh, shut up. I- I know someone said it's the Domino's pizza uh, commercial incident all over. Everybody's again. bleeding. They're getting blood and guts everywhere. Oh, by the way, please don't. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I did that pretty well, I, I right? Was, Shut up. I, I thought it was hilarious. But and then apparently after the, after they went off the air, the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite were like, yes, we respect each other. All right, cool. So And, and everybody thought, now, like, oh, there's no way this is the end of their feud. Now what? Now where does everyone go? 
Is it the end? I think it's the end. Because now you can have the Golden Elite and all them and Ibushi and all that stuff just right off and just be, you know, do their babyface uh, five move uh, five move matches. And now the Blackpool Combat Club, you can turn them kind of like babyface and have them fight the Callus family. Because oh, that was another thing. I was expecting Chris Jericho to show up during that match, but... Well, you don't want to put all your eggs into one basket. We're, you know, we're, we're talking about more longer storytelling here. You know, you could have Takeshka and um, Jericho face off against Yuta and Castioli. You know, maybe John, John Moxley faces off against uh, Jericho. Again, you know, they, they run that back too. So I think now the, what the Blackpool Combat Club has to do, especially with Brian Danielson out. Uh, by the, did you see the pictures of his x-ray he posted did, this week? yeah. Brutal. So, uh, Brian, we wish you a speedy recovery. So now they can kind of focus their energy on Don Callis and getting back for him for help because essentially Don Callis helped them lose that match. So now you can but focus also, their energy but on also that Pac, and you can bring in Chris Pac also contributed to that. Yes. Well, they kind of – and I like the fact that – so that was Rampage. I want to Dynamite. talk about Ring of Honor death before – that was do you, by the way, um, did you find it weird that uh, both teams weren't like matching gear, or was that the Young Bucks and Hangman Page had matching? They had gear. Dark Order gears, what I'm calling and, it. The Golden Elite, Ibushi, obviously, they had, or the Golden Lovers, they had their matching gear. Yes, and Yuta and Castagnoli mm-hmm. had matching gear, and Moxley's Moxley. Moxley so kind of technically, even though it wasn't meant to. Kind of matched with Takeshita and uh, and, and Pack, Pac, yeah. yeah. So maybe we see uh, Moxley leave and join the Cal's family. Uh, Foreshadowing. <laughs> I, think I mean, that's Moxley's a possibility. Moxley. He can do whatever he wants. In AEW, you get yelled at if you yeah. have any sort of theory about color and gear. So, hey, but listen, us as wrestling fans know. So I want to focus on Castagnoli and Pack because Castagnoli took that Pack walking out and that accidental. Sp- uppercut to him during the match very seriously uh so pack it's now going to be pack versus claudio for the ring of honor world championship match it was supposed to be eddie and claudio but eddie's eddie kingston's doing the g1 then it was supposed to be mark briscoe and claudio castagnoli but mark briscoe got injured so it's gonna be pack versus castagnoli this match is going to freaking slap I am so honestly like, all right, I'm like Mark Briscoe versus Claudio. Mark Briscoe has to win. Now it's like, I don't care if Pac wins. <laughs> I, I say this a lot, and I'll say it again. I'm going to sound like a broken freaking record. Styles make fights, and especially with these two guys. And this is going to be a callback to a PWG event. It's going to be freaking awesome. Like, if you want a selling point of this entire pay-per-view, I think it's just this match alone. You can have other matches on here. Samoa Joe is going to be defending the ROH World Television Championship against Dalton Castle. You're going to have Shibata defending the ROH Pure Rules match against Daniel Garcia. Athena will be defending her ROH Women's Championship against Willow Nightingale. Do we see a title change there, perhaps? I don't know. Do you think they mentioned that, uh, four... that Claudio and Pac kind of tagged a bit in WWE? Uh, maybe. We'll have to say Ian Riccoboni, uh, who apparently has a full-time contract with Ollie Wrestling, so props to him. Uh, great commentator, and he'll probably kind of tell the story of these two and their uh, history. Um, but also, you have a four-way tag match for the ROH World Tag Team Championships. 
Lucha Brothers will be defending against the Kingdom, Best Friends, and returning to action, Mark Davis and his partner Kyle Fletcher, Aussie Open, back in the ring. You know, this is a team that we spoke about could be part of that Cal. Yeah, I thought he broke his leg. Uh, uh, broke his leg, hurt his leg, I don't know, but he's going to be back in action this Friday in New Jersey. So uh, I'm cool Wait, about is that. It at, at, just also added at the Prudential action. Center or no? No. Pfft, you kidding? Me? I don't know. I don't with... know what AEW they like to run back to back venues and Cure Assurance Arena in Trenton, New Jersey. Who they? That's for <laughs> Nobody, but it's in Trenton. So, um, and then also too, they just added this match, and I just saw it on social media right before we uh, started. Uh, the Mogul Embassy versus Master Wado, Rizuke Taguchi, and Leon Ruffin uh, has been added, and also a fight without honor. The Dark Order is going to be facing off against the Righteous. Well, by the so time two, by the time you guys listen to this, you're gonna know results already for Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor. And if anything huge happens, we'll cover it next week. So that's it for uh, professional wrestling stuff. So, uh, by the way, I gotta gotta give a shout out to one half of one half <laughs> of the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, Matt Cardona. Congratulations on the belt, Broski. <laughs> Um, and congratulations, Chelsea. I, I like what Steph Delander. Steph Delander said she's what point twenty five percent. Yeah, <laughs> we're all part of the women's tag team championships. Does no, it not, trickle down to us? Chelsea. We get like a little bit, a little one percent cut. <laughs> I have, I have, I have, a, I have a bunch of pictures with Chelsea, so I get like a point zero zero seven cut. But congratulations, Chelsea. Well deserved. Women's tag team championships take those titles to new heights because uh, we all know that they need to be a lot more represented than they are. Um, and on that note, let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week. That was, it was the first match. No, it wasn't the first match. It wasn't the first match we talked about. FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. Bravo. Bravo. Match of the year candidate. Go watch it again if you have an hour. Or if, uh, <laughs> you know, sitting around, uh, you know, sipping one back. It's like, yeah, I want to do a power hour. Let me do a power hour to, uh, this match so go check it out hey brandon who you shout out hey wow this is owen wilson you're listening to brandon shout out cassidy pope has to be the first shout out because uh like i said earlier it was just such an awesome experience friday was my third time seeing her and like i said before Mm -hmm. i'm happy that i got to meet her when i saw her Back in 2019, I tried to see if I could, like, buy a meet-and-greet package, but they were all sold out, so that sucked. Mm-hmm. But her song, Wasting All These Tears, is probably up there as one of my, like, most played songs ever. Yeah, it's, it's such a great song. I'm pretty sure I heard it the, the day it came out live. She opened wow. for Rascal Flats in 2013, which was her, the first show of the season at Jones Beach. The very first time that she was on tour for for uh, country music. I think she mm-hmm. she won The Voice the, the previous year, and I did not watch that. I didn't know Hey Monday, which is a pop punk band that she was in. But my friend works at Jones Beach, so I called him up. I'm like, any chance you want to take me to Jones Beach? Give me a lift or whatever. I bought a ticket to Rascal Flats. I sat outside for hours before the show. And from hearing that song that day, I was hooked. Bought all the stuff from 
the the tracks that she did for the voice i think she was robbed of a grammy nomination for that song and i feel like people were very harsh on that album of hers I, and i think mm-hmm. they were saying that she didn't sound even though the the album genre was country i think they were still thinking it sounded too pop punkish okay so i don't think it really got the fair shot that it deserved that's lame but i really i can't say enough nice things about cassidy pope like i said before she literally took the time with everyone at that pop-up event and i can't wait for her new album yeah i can't wait for her new album for now go buy and stream people that i love leave as well as her new single almost there so and again thanks for being on marking out letting us play your music the next yeah. shout out goes to what we do in the shout out shout outs the way <laughs> <laughs> what do we do in the shout outs <laughs> what we do in that's the first. shadows <laughs> that's a different show but it's back for its fifth season on fx if you've never watched the show and you like mockumentaries comedy and horror then you definitely need to be watching this tv show based on the movie mockumentary of it but the i think this is so much better than that was but it's vampires living in modern day staten island and you could just catch up on hulu and watch all of it i think it's a fantastic show i agree with you i think that it's a hilarious show and i feel like more people have to watch it yeah and then the last shout out goes to the new movie the outlaws which is a happy madison productions movie out on netflix Starring Adam Devine and uh, Nina Dobrev, Ellen Barkin's in it, uh, Pierce Brosnan's in it, and Adam plays a bank manager. He's getting married to Nina. Her parents may or may not be criminals. So that sets up everything for the whole movie. Michael Rooker's in it, Lil Rel Howery's in it, Richard Kind's in it. Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. It seems like it's really funny. There's a, uh, uh, not to spoil it, but here's a spoiler. There's a James Bond, James Bond reference that I thought was really funny. Really? What reference? Well, I don't want to give away the joke, but. Come on. There was a James Bond reference. That's all you got to know. But it's action. It's comedy. I thought it was a decent movie. It's not like the best movie ever. It does not have a great score on Rotten Tomatoes. But I think it's a, a decent enough film to pass the time with, which I'm sure Eddie person that like in a movie would love to hear that sort of review about it but i enjoyed the Mm. film and i would definitely i would recommend the outlaws so check it out and those are my shout outs now it's time for our right our mark out moment of the week what do you got Ooh, what do i got brother brother um my mark out moment of the week i think it's going to end up going with on nxt that save from rhea ripley to allow dominic to pick up that championship victory that and then of course chelsea green's champ and sonia deville of course I mean, just seeing that. And also, Matt Cardona over making an appearance in WWE 
uh, backstage over there. Gotta mark out for that one. He did show up to the premiere as well for the Peacock documentary, American Nightmare Becoming Cody Rhodes, which definitely popped for the trailer of it. Yeah, I think it looks absolutely incredible. I have to assume AEW will be part of it. It comes out on July 31st. I know Internet Rumblings. No, no, Internet Rumblings said that uh, the Young Bucks allowed him to use BTE footage. So I don't whether or not that's true. I don't know, but it it, uh, you cannot skip AEW there, and he didn't skip AEW on that Stone Cold podcast. I don't think they're skipping AEW on this documentary. Yeah, I I guess we're gonna find out. I think we'll 100% see that. So I'm very much so looking forward to that. On Peacock, also all those figures that were showed off, shown off at uh, San Diego Comic Con this week. There's a bunch of them that are fantastic. Some of them are like, uh, for some reason, Bret Hart just always gets the short end of the stick, where it like almost never looks like him. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know why really that's sucks. like that. <laughs> but um, just so many cool figures that that they showed, like um, the Sultan. I thought that was a pretty cool, like uh, an obscure figure to put out. I think that's cool. We've, I mean, you, you put out Rikishi, you put out Fatu, you got to put out the Sultan. They yeah. got a uh, uh, Mattel Elite Legends Captain Lou Albano. So now we get two figures of Captain Lou Albano: one in the Remco style, one in the the Elite style. And I think that Captain Lou figure, if it looks like that at the finished product, then it's one of the best figures that Mattel has ever put out. They also have a set that Jack specific put out in the classic superstar series, but it's a little different. It's a three pack of Rocky Johnson, Peter Maivia and the rock. I think that's super cool. Yeah. It definitely looks really awesome. They have their own Hulk still rules set, which is dope. Um, even a figure that I swear to God, if you ask me, I would say there's no chance in hell we're ever seeing this figure ever in WWE. They have a WCW unmasked Rey Mysterio figure, which is 21 plus years in the making. Maybe. Yeah. The unmasked aspect. He's got the little, the little horns on his head too. That looks cool. He's never been on mass in WWE. No. Which is why I would never have expected that. Yeah. They have uh, two new Mr. T figures coming out. They have one of him as a referee from WWE. And then a, I assume a chase variant of him as a referee in WCW, which was unexpected to see. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They have two Build-A-Figures that they announced. Three Build-A-Figures, actually. I think one is Teddy Long as a referee. I think that's cool. Another referee that they announced as a -a Build-A-Figure is John Cone. And another Build-A-Figure is actually the youngest champion in WWE history, Nicholas, (laughs) John Cone's son. So I think that's pretty cool that a father and son get a a set like that. Figure together. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, but even so, that's really cool for them. Yeah, and then the the elites, Chelsea Greens, those look good. Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, the new Alpha Academy look great. Paul Barra looks cool. They have a new Three Faces of Foley pack that very interesting attire choices for them, but 
you have to differentiate from the ones that were already released in uh, single form. So, and plus the dude love got updated. So it's like his actual dude love shirt, not some weird tribal shirt that was like, yeah, not good. I thought the re- all the retro figures because oh, that's what I didn't. I didn't flex. even mention the retro. So I know there's an AEW figure in there. Yes, <laughs> Billy Gunn. <laughs> I like I, the China looks awesome. Uh, I'm really excited about. I'm just looking them over here on Ringside Collectibles because they have the best ones. Hulk Hogan um, has that chase and that that. Uh... Hulk Hogan has new 75 new figures, <laughs> and all of them have a better hairline. Uh, that's funny. Well, because they're based oh, yeah. on earlier versions it's, of himself. And I, I like that you can get a build a Nicholas. Yeah, I think that I think that's the thing I pop the most about. Um, yeah, so they they look uh, pretty awesome. I'm pretty stoked about all of them. Marked out really hard for all of them. I like I like the box set that they put out for the. Uh, Sean versus Razor. Yeah, that's that's like very well done. Yeah, that's cool. Really, a cool set. It looks really sick, but like the figure, like the head sculpt for Razor looks terrible. Um, I like the fact that we're getting a Sultan Does figure. It? I don't think that Scott Hall right, Razor looks bad. No, look at the hairline; it looks terrible. Uh, I don't know. He's got the little yeah, gimmick. It looks pretty bad. I like the fact we're getting a, a Paul Bearer. Uh, Oh, and Paul Bearer comes with that chase figure. That's a dope chase. Oh, yeah, the one where he's in uh, in Kane yeah. mode. Kane mode. <laughs> uh, Kane mode. You're getting a bunch of new... Uh, you're getting Hit Row. I'm not really excited Those about that. Those look fantastic, too, though. I think the, the LNA Basic is going to be the hottest-selling basic figure of all oh, time. Look yeah. at that. Uh, your little retro figure is getting Muhammad Ali also. Yeah, you, did you see the pose that they put it in? As in, like, what? Uh, did, uh, hold on. <laughs> Look, are you looking at it on this side Yeah, that I don't good. think that's anything. I know, but you have to, especially because of the freaking internet. You have to try to be PC on everything. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, sick figure reveals from uh, Comic-Con this week. Is there any other cool things you saw in Comic-Con? Uh, they announced that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon will be... Coming to, I think, Nickelodeon. Another one? Or the original? No, like the one that we grew up on. No. Britain, we're like 20 years apart. I'm kidding. Um, really? I didn't even see that. I mean, you are a lot older than me, but... I didn't hear about that. Yeah. I'm really stoked for the new movie. I think movie. that's pretty cool. I, uh, where, where's that airing? In the movie theater. I saw the trailer. The, it's in the movie theater. Yeah. The one with John Cena? No, John Cena, yeah, it's gonna be in the movies. That doesn't look like a movie theater release, but yeah, looks- I saw a trailer for that where they, uh, it's not actually Barbie, but they were like looking up to the the main level, and it's clearly supposed to be Barbie. Did you see the so one? They're, where like, they t- they're in- talking about that, and they're like, "Well, we're we're down here," and then they go on to the, do their own trailer. Did you spli- see the one where they spliced in scenes from Oppenheimer into Barbie? Um, no. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, by the way, what are you seeing this weekend, Brandon? Barbie or Oppenheimer? I'm not seeing either. What are you kidding me? If if I was Why going not? to it, I guess uh, when Barbie comes out on uh, demand or whatever. Why? Because John Cena said it? No, it's just I think that it looks like a good movie outside. Like, I, obviously, I don't care about Barbies or anything like that, but it looks decent. And I'm, I'm just glad that uh, Amy Schumer wasn't part of this project. <laughs> she was supposed to be playing Barbie. Really? I think yeah. Marco Robbie fits the role perfectly. I think she. Yeah. Did. In I what world? Really... In what world was Amy Schumer playing Barbie? 
her comedy yeah, is just not even like remotely close <laughs> to what I would think Barbie is. So neither yeah, um I'm not too sure about that, but I know my wife and my daughter are going to see Barbie. Um uh, I do want I I want to see Barbie. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Get the popcorn bucket. I, well, that's what I told my wife. She's like, no. <laughs> I also told her that we should go on the Jericho cruise, and I got a hard no on that today, too. Um, you know, maybe you could picture that Creed cruise. I, I don't even want to go on that. What? <laughs> no, are you kidding me? It looks terrible. Creed? Oh, no, that's Buck a fantastic. Cherry? That's, well, I mean, not. I mean, I saw Buck Cherry open for Kiss one time, but. Yeah, because they have songs about doing drugs. And Creed's fantastic. Going to places. No, they have one good song, and it's my sack. No, 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 none of their songs are good. How dare you? No, not how dare me. Come on, I listen to very heavy, aggressive. Go listen to Code Orange. Go listen to Harm's Way. Go listen to <laughs> Johnny Booth. Okay, so this is a band that I've been following since, like, they became a band. Um, they're about to put out an album tomorrow, and it might be the heavy album of the year. It looks like it's going to be fantastic. Blend Styles, Johnny Booth. Go check them out. It's called Moments e- Elsewhere. Or Moments, I forget. I apologize, boys. Um, fun fact, I got them booked on their first Long Island show. Now they're the kings of uh, DIY uh, Long Island Hardcore. So props to Johnny Booth. Um, and I think we're ranting a little bit here because if you want to get back to you and Dave that's saying it's time for not, our... Is, no. no. What do you mean? That That's the mark out moment of the week. So okay. cool. So all in all, I thought this was a, a really cool San Diego Comic-Con show off that they did. I wish there were more, but... Really cool figures, and ultimately, that's the the markout moments of the week. And that's episode 650. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at MarkinOut, on Instagram at MarkinOut11, which is the same as YouTube. Check us out individually, BTTG161, on both Twitter and Instagram. Chris Sweendog on Twitter, CMSweeney85 on Instagram, DavidPTDPT on both you on threads? Yeah. David I don't PT, get DPT. threads. I do not get threads. We're on threads as well. Check that out. ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Twitch.tv slash out At out on TikTok. We have Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com. And we wish you the... The... Best... Best of luck in your future endeavors. endeavors.